Welcome to the Street Sessions, the business podcast brought to you by Street's Chartered Accountants. I'm James Pinchbeck, the firm's marketing partner, and I'll be hosting this session in which I'm joined by three exciting and inspiring entrepreneurs. Leo Scott-Smith, founder and CEO of Tendered, one of the 10 rising stars in the UK Tech Nation report. Noel Reeves, serial entrepreneur, investor, startup mentor and advisor, and CEO of Rocket Exhibition Services and Rocket Global Ventures along with Amy Wallace, founder of the award-winning marketing agency, Market In. In this session, I will be talking to them about what they've been doing during the year of the pandemic, which included three lockdowns. In particular, we'll be discussing how they've reacted to the situation, drawn on their enterprising spirit and maintained their resolve and resilience. All three, I'm sure, will be an inspiration to listeners at a time when we start the journey along the government's roadmap of an irreversible end to lockdown and to the opening up of the economy and a return to some sense of normality. It is then a pleasure that I welcome you all. If I may, I will start with Leo from Tendered. Leo, perhaps you could start by giving us some information about what Tendered does and what the business is, please. Thanks for having me, James. Yeah, so as a quick introduction into Tended, we create wearable technology and software to help prevent and detect accidents in high-risk workplaces. So this is organisations in construction, logistics, uh, manufacturing that basically face significant risks across their whole workforce, um, and we're helping employers to to effectively detect um, and predict before accidents happen within these workplaces and alert employees through the use of wearable technology and, and different software tools. How has the pandemic changed the way you work or your business and the product and do you envisage your future business model differing as a result? Yeah, so we were we were quite fortunate in the fact that we were one of the companies that benefited quite a lot through um, the pandemic. So um, coming into the pandemic, it was a bit of a concern for us in terms of what we were doing, how we were going to keep people using our system, because ultimately we were originally reliant upon people being on the ground and at work because it was employees using our technology. But what we saw very quickly was that a lot of companies Companies were, you know, they had to return their staff to work. It was essential that they were in their work site, but they had to have the ability to operate safely. So we adapted some of our existing technology um, to support with social distancing and contact tracing. Um, and we, yeah, we were very fortunate in the fact that we saw huge success with this. It allowed us to almost uh, quadruple revenues on top of our expected forecast for 2020. Um, rather than letting people go, we were fortunate enough to, to, to be able to hire um, 11 new roles over 2020 as well. And I think that in terms of where technology is going, I think this gives a good uh, kind of indication. So you've got short term technology needs. So that's things like a social distancing product. And hopefully I, I will say that this product has no use past June, both for, whilst it may not benefit the business, but for the whole of the world, it, it, you know, hopefully we're not going to need things like that. But um, and there's other things around sort of vaccine delivery and and stuff that hopefully it shouldn't be too much of a pressing business case um, in the coming months. Um, but technology's had a big impact on people's acceptance within technology in the workplace. So we're talking over this call on Zoom, um, and I think Zoom's probably become the staple of. Um, even some of the most traditional companies um, over the past year. Um, And I think it's something that's going to stay as well. Uh, I think that technology has now got its kind of reinforced place within the workplace. And I think that I think that we're very likely for it to stay. And I think that we probably accelerated our position with technology 
uh, in excess of five or 10 years over the past year. So I think it's super exciting. Um, there's definitely some negatives that come from it, but um, albeit, I think it's for the positive. It's interesting. So I think you've, you've, you've talked much there about actually the pace of introduction of new technologically related products um, and, and how that's come about as the pandemic. I mean, that must create its own set of challenges for you as a business. I mean, the, the rate of introduction, the capital required, the market exploitation, you know, do you see that will change you again, your business are going forward that you're going to have to respond quicker. It's always been a, a fast and furious sector, but you see even faster. I think that it will, it, it will definitely change the way that we work as a business from a almost like a, a culture and a management perspective. So remote working is something that we did before the pandemic, about 30% of our staff were remote working. Obviously, everybody is now remote working. Um, and I think that that we will continue at that rate. Um, whilst, you know, people will have the ability to come in and out of the office, I think the majority of people will continue to working from home. So I think that that's one area that it does make quite a big impact in terms of actually our services and, and how we go forward selling our products. I think that it is, again, going to have quite a, a positive impact in the sense that, as we just discussed, technology is a lot more accepted and, and particularly the use of wearable technology is a lot more accepted now um, with everything that's come from the pandemic. So I think that as an organisation, what we're now having to do is is plan for this greater success that we hadn't originally expected. So, yeah, I think that's that's kind of the main areas where, where we're going to see change as a business. Well, thank you. That sounds very exciting. What do you know now or skill have you gained over the last year, which you wish you had known or knew or had at the start of the last year as opposed to now? The importance of mental health, I think, in the workplace. Within our company, we have, I think it's just short of 40 people. Everything was very exciting going into, into the pandemic. You know, business was doing really well. It was, um, you know, everybody had this big goal and this vision towards supporting bringing companies back to work safely. And that was very exciting. But after, you know, lockdown two and, and now lockdown three, it became very clear that the impact on people's mental health of, you know, this long grind, a year's worth of grind almost into building and bringing out products at scale was having an impact on mental health across the organisations. So I wish that I had known that to start off with, because what we've had to do is retrospectively introduce a number of steps into our mental health policy to ensure that that people are, uh, you know, a, a, a are comfortable and happy um, working at the company. So this is things like free therapy and and mental health days and, and things. So, but if I'd known that before, we might have been able to to prevent um, maybe some of the down down times and the burnout that many people, you know, including myself, have faced over the past year. I think you're right. I mean, there's much talk about uh, lockdown or pandemic fatigue. It wasn't a sense that the first lockdown was probably a sense of well, it's a it's a short journey we can get through this, but it moved from a, a sort of perhaps a sprint to a marathon. And that has been longer lasting in terms of the impact, hasn't it? Yes, definitely. Uh, thank you for sharing that. Uh, I'm conscious, obviously, we've got a panel of three and uh, we're trying to cover as much ground as we can with, with all, all three guests. So uh, thank you for that. And the insight into you know the, the, the changes in the technological technology sector and the developments there uh, and your own experiences as a business. really appreciate that. If I now, I may move on to uh, Noel from Rocket Exhibition Service and Rocket Global Ventures. Hi, Noel. Hi, James. Thanks very much for having me on. No, brilliant. Nice to have you with us. Uh, perhaps you could just give us a bit of insight into um, either some of the business activities you undertake, and then we'll go on to talk about particularly the exhibition sector, if I may. So to start with, uh, a little bit about uh, uh, Rocket, I suppose. Yeah, so Rocket Global Ventures, 
was originally called Rocket Exhibition Services, which I'll go on to. Uh, but during the pandemic, we've changed so much and had to move into different areas. We renamed ourselves as Rocket Global Ventures once we realised actually we had some quite exciting um, opportunities to do more different things when the pandemic is eventually over. Um, so we just sort of repositioned ourselves as a business to capitalise on those opportunities. I suppose leading on from that, and that's probably where I say we'll start a discussion. I mean, you you were in a sector prior to the pandemic, your business was very much involved in the design and build of exhibition stands for clients attending large and specialist exhibitions. It was a, a significant business. The pandemic obviously meant uh, that such events could not take place. So you obviously you've taught there in the initial intro uh, that you've looked at new ventures and ideas. How do you go about that? And how do, you, how do you actually, you know, even consider what you can do? What were the drivers and how did you then make those business activities happen? So we obviously it hit uh, the event sector pretty hard very quickly. Within sort of the space of a week or two, we'd pretty much lost a million pounds worth of work on our order book. Um, so the, initially we, looked, we sat down, looked at it and thought, right, OK, objective here is survival until the point where events come back. So how do we do that? Or what and, and what can we do to ensure that survival? What have we got? What is what infrastructure do we have at our disposal that we can point in different directions? And we have a joinery workshop which is all set up for manufacturing. Um, so we set something up called the Lincolnshire Workshop, which is uh, designing and manufacturing bespoke kitchens, office interiors, retail interiors. Um, things like that. We've got our full uh, print production facility, which um, we've pointed now, we've set a thing up called Rocket Displays. And we're doing a lot of uh, interior branding projects for commercial projects. We've set up, I, and I, well, uh, we, I also have, um, I looked at the thing at home and thought, what am I going to do at home if this goes on for, for too long and I can't you know, get paid from, from Rocket? And I thought, well, I have a pizza oven in the garden. And I uh, I thought, well, I could sell pizzas at the weekend to people in my village. So I sort of thought I'd use that as an opportunity to teach my kids about resilience and about you do always have a choice or, or you you know, there there is most often a choice and there is always something you can do. And so we set about that and and we set up a little, um, did a little website and a leaflet, dropped it around in the houses in our village and and that just went crazy. And uh, we're now... And that's, we turned that into a proper business and that's now incorporated at Rocket and we have a mobile uh, truck and a, a converted shipping container that we uh, open at the weekends and we're, you know, we're recruiting and we've got some people joined us on the Kickstart scheme, which has been great. And we've had, um, yeah, that, and that has got loads and loads of potential, which is something we'd never, ever have thought of doing prior to lockdown. As you said, the, the, the exhibition business, which uh, is hopefully now going to be back online soon, has been really, really successful. Um, and we, it literally just stopped overnight. So it's been great to have these new things to focus on and to, you know, to demonstrate what can be done in the face of adversity. Just picking me on that, Noel, I mean, you've talked there about actually utilising existing skills and resources you had within a business to deploy into a new market. How easy was it to find, and was it easy to find new customers? I mean, if a lot of business model is you have is, can I sell more of the same to more people? Can I sell what I sell to new people I don't do business with? Uh, you know, that really sits in that sort of business model, existing products or skills to a new market. Uh, how easy was it to get that going? Uh, I wouldn't say it was 
completely easy. <laughs> uh, but uh, to be fair, we've, I mean, it's taken time, you know, to, to figure out exactly what it was that we were going to sell, what was our MO, if you like, you know, what were going to be the best things that we could do the best job at, at the best price to the right amount of people. You know, would I say we've got that right? Probably, you know, certainly not 100%. We, we've done, we've done okay at it. We've, you know, been able to use the flexi furlough to bring people in and, you know, to get machines running on certain days. Uh, and so just to really, I mean, they've, they've been great, the things that we've done, but they're still not quite enough to replace what we had. Um, however, beyond that, you know, it should be, you know, we'll keep going with some or all of those uh, ventures and it should be a good, you know, it will make for a nice diverse number of revenue streams. And I think you've highlighted there, I mean, I was going to ask you, will these ventures continue? And, and you said yes, and I can see that they, they make sense in a sort of a business reliant on one customer sector and one market. You know, it gives you a bit of a belt and braces, you know, at the end of the day. Uh, as you say, it may not replace totally that income, but it gives you a bit of more st- financial stability. Do you think that's something that actually not just your business, but I think many businesses may go, actually, how reliant are we on one market? Or if that market stops, what do we do? Do you think that's changed perhaps your business strategy planning, your view on business? Certainly. Part of our uh, sort of strategy for longer term is what else can we do? I think a lot of people in my sector, I mean, for us, it was a case of, as I said at the start, it was about survival. That was the objective. However, we went about that um, was, you know, that was up for debate. But, you know, the one thing we had to survive. And I think if had we not have done these things we wouldn't have because you know it, it's literally just been the difference between survival and not surviving and sadly there have been a lot of people in our sector who have closed the doors and equally there's lots that have um, moved into other areas and I've no doubt that they will continue to do other things that de-risk themselves from anything like this happening again. I think it's interesting I, I noticed on LinkedIn you'd posted a, a, an image of your I think it's your you know sort of client work in progress board and the exhibition were starting to come in but and, that, and that's great to hear and i think it's great for us all you know people need exhibitions to promote their products and services and, and to launch new ideas How, do you actually see any lasting impact on that the pandemic has had on that that sector or the activity of exhibitions you know uh, there's been a lot of talk about well we don't need to physically meet up and do these things we used to do and we can do it all digitally but you know, have you seen any trends or yet in terms of the way the sector's going i think it's perhaps a bit too early to tell. Um, we're hearing from all the people that are desperate to get back, which is fabulous to hear. And I've no doubt there will be some people that will not want to go to events for a while because they'll be either worried or they will think they can do things differently. We've had a whole year of people that would have used events and exhibitions as you know a key part of their sales strategy. They have found other ways that may well have been better. But I think, you know, as humans, we like face-to-face with social creatures, I don't really see that changing. I think probably short term, certainly there will be a, a slightly depressed market. But I think long term, yeah, you, know, you just see it. People are just desperate to get back to normal. Get you know, go on holiday, go to a concert, go to the cinema, whatever it is. I think just that thing of doing things together and being in a place with other people is just a, a fundamental part of being a human. And I don't see that. I don't see that. I mean, completely changing. Certainly, we'll use technology better. And as Leo said, you know. We'll all use Zoom now. Will we go to a client meeting down in Devon or will we hold that over Zoom for sure? But, you know, I think the events side and obviously I'm slightly biased to say it, but I think it will come back and I think it will come back 
fairly quickly with a ban. Yeah, I would agree with you, and I share your sentiments. But you know, uh, in business, we we still want to meet people and engage with people. It's it's a natural part of you know uh, the, the way we work and we do business. I imagine your staff have turned to you and for support and guidance. And I notice, you know, I know you you work with other business giving support, but but equally, who have you turned for support and advice? I mean, what have your you know been fallback positions when the going has got tough? Yeah, so as most entrepreneurs know or business owners know it can be a lonely place I think uh, I'm I mean I've gone to lots of lots of places really probably without realizing to be honest I mean my team my team have been uh, good support for me you know when we started in the doing the pizzas at home you know some of the guys volunteering their time to help at the weekend which was really kind you know my family uh, my network my network now on in terms of LinkedIn who said have seen some stuff of mine I've, I've been probably more active on LinkedIn and actually I've built quite a nice network of people in my industry that I would never have done if it wasn't for the pandemic I'm better connected now and lots of people are sharing stuff I'm involved in, with my trade association so we're all helping each other if you know there's one you know, perhaps district council that's taking a different view on some of the grant support we're kind of helping each other to try and maximise, um, you know, the support that we can get. So I suppose lots of different places, really, I've got advice and support from. Um, it's not, you know, to be honest, it's not something I've really thought about before today. But yeah, I guess everywhere. I think, I think it's just as it goes in in life in general. You know, you take support from all areas, don't you? It's what makes you a rounded human, I suppose. And I think it's interesting what you just said there, I and mean, I've noticed. Uh a definite increase in LinkedIn activity, not just from yourself. And actually that in itself keeps you in the market, doesn't it? You know, the, the, I think the messages you've posted and, and, the, and the conversations you've had on LinkedIn have not only created a profile for your business when, you know, we come out of this situation, you go, I need somebody to do an exhibition stand. Who do I turn to? You know, that, that's been good. But also I think if you've talked there about your, your relationship with staff and the, and the pizzas and all sorts of things, it, it has created a human side to it and some connectivity. So I commend you on that. And I think you're right. I think it's acted as a sort of a network for people who have not been able to physically meet people. So uh, thank you very much. I mean, talk of pizzas. I, I must try one of your pizzas sometime. You know? <laughs> I mean, anytime, yeah, I don't know how far you travel for them, but anyway, we must try one. Uh, so thank you for sharing your experiences there. And again, wish you all the best with the exhibition market. As I say, I can start to see, you know, plans for that coming to the fore. Um, now, if I may move on to Amy, Amy Wallace, a pleasure to welcome you Amy from Marketing. Perhaps we could just start with you telling us something about, you know, who is Marketing? What does Marketing do, please? Thank you so much for having me, James. Um, so Marketing is an award-winning marketing agency specialising in the hospitality industry. We offer a full suite of marketing, so providing everything from social media marketing, pay-per-click and PR, to media production, website development and branding. So delivering five-star integrated marketing campaigns that satisfy the bespoke needs of clients is what we do best. So although we specialise in hospitality, we have found that we now serve a multitude of other sectors, um, the likes of the University of Lincoln, Tiptree World Bread Awards USA, Tony and Guy and the International Bomber Command Centre. So you can see it slightly changed the path from when I first founded the business, but um, I wouldn't change it for the world. And I love the fact we get to work with such thriving Giving industries. Given your, your marketing agency primarily focuses on working with and supporting businesses within the hospitality industry, as you've said, one probably most hard hit by the pandemic. Have you responded to the situation or have you worked with your clients to respond to the situation? 
we've made sure that we've just been very educated at every single stage. So within every single lockdown, we would send an email to all of our clients and to fill them in if they weren't already aware of the changes. But not just that, James, I think it's I have almost been a counsellor at the same time. Um, A lot of my clients have said they wouldn't be able to have got through it without us. So I think being a sounding board as well. And from our point of view, it's been a case of diversifying and realising that failure isn't an option. So similar to Noel, he completely diversified and We've helped current clients, but we've also received new clients in different sectors as well. But a key point was we actually created marketing answers. So that meant that people could contact us, ask their questions, and we would then provide our insight. Um, As well as that, we created the marketing backpack. So when businesses um, were opening up again, I think it was after lockdown two, uh, we provided a marketing backpack completely free of charge just to help them to really get their voice out there. And as well as that, um, we've I also co-founded something called Voices of Hospitality. So I didn't just want to make sure that the Voices of Hospitality were still around. I wanted to amplify them further. So we've actually been um, making our way around businesses virtually and interviewing them. So I think to answer to your question, it's just been a case of knowing that failure isn't an option, keeping everyone in the loop and diversifying. Well, I think what you've indicated there is it's about doing something and it's not necessarily about doing the same things. It's about doing some things differently, but, but making something happen, isn't it? And so I commend you on all those activities that you've undertaken. What, what changes, though, have you seen in marketing activity over the last 12 months? And, and do you think these changes will be lasting? And, and I'll I put that in a context we've seen as we talked with Leo about the, the changes and, and, and take up of, the pace of take up of new tech technology equally I think we've seen perhaps an increased take-up of digital marketing and and, and an exponential change away from perhaps more traditional activities so what what, have you seen any particular changes in that activity and do you think it will either be lasting or again like no we we revert back to actually we need physical events we need exhibitions we need to meet people are there any particular things you've you've seen I think the main point is that people really respect digital marketing more than ever before. And I think although in the last few years there has been a digital revolution, I think it's even more prominent now. And because people have been forced to make that change, when they see that that change has actually instilled positive change in their business, you're less likely to you know, cross that off, aren't you, in the future? So I think there's a more constant respect throughout society for digital marketing. And the second part of your question, James, in terms of do I think this will move forward? Absolutely. Because as I said, if something's working for a business, then they're not likely to to get rid of it, are they? So I think the fact they've implemented it throughout, it will definitely have an impact on digital marketing, marketing in general forever. And, and really. just moving on to the opportunities you feel that it might exist that perhaps didn't exist pre-pandemic. I mean, one of the things that springs to mind is virtual tourism for me uh, in terms of the, the tourism and hospitality sector. You obviously can't do virtual meals to eat. Um, but do you think there are any things that have come out of the pandemic or that will change going forward that, you know, 
uh, or is it more of you know we're we going to look for more experiential um, events, or we're going to look for you know the, the hospitality sector will change in terms of how we eat or what food we like or where we stay. I mean, are there any sort of? It's probably again a bit like talking to Noel. It's probably a bit early days, but sometimes you get a flavour or an inclination of this is the way the sector's going. Exactly. So, quite rightly said, I think it is very it's very early days, isn't it? But my gut instinct is saying that there will still be virtual events, absolutely. I think by doing so, you're opening up um, a wider market, a global market for people that might not want to travel as much. So a prime example is during uh, the last year, I work with the Food Awards company and uh, they're behind the Tipsy World Bread Awards UK and USA and also the Pink Lady Food Photography Awards, which is the biggest photography awards in the world. And they are global. So I think by us actually adapting and creating everything virtual, it has opened up to a bigger audience. At the same time, I'm definitely missing that human connection. And I think a lot of people feel the same. So although I think it will open a lot of opportunities and events may become a bit more virtual, I think people will still long for that connection, being physically in a room with others. And absolutely, the likes of pubs, restaurants, bars, I think people will be very quick to to run back into these venues because they just want that human connection. I would agree, and, and that's something I'm really missing is the, 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 the possibility of meeting friends for a pint of beer or going out for a nice meal and a glass of wine with family. If if we may look now, how have you kept going over the last twelve months? I mean, you, you, you're a relatively new business, but uh, very pioneering and driving it forward, full of energy. But equally, you know, a smaller business where less people, sometimes it makes it feel a bit, as I think Noel said, you know, the loneliness of the, the, the person running a business. I know you run, actually, so that's a, a pick up on that. I know you probably, run, you probably run miles to deal with it. But how, how have you kept going over the last 12 months? Well, first and foremost, thank you for saying I'm pioneering. That's a massive compliment. Um, I do run, James, as you know. I actually um, i have set up a company running page on Instagram. I think exercise is a big one that has made sure that my mental state remains um, really strong and to be the driving force behind the business and to be able to support clients, support my team, that has been pivotal, you know, in, the, in this, absolutely. But I think I've just been very lucky to have such an exceptional team behind me, clients and an overall community. Um, Although at times as a business owner, you do feel alone, I probably feel less alone than a percentage out there because I do have such strong people around me. So I think knowing that failure was not an option, had to diversify, had to move forward, had supportive people around me and definitely the exercise absolutely that helps because mindset is everything as you know and I I think some of us have found the uh, pandemic exercise it keep going has become a bit of a a burden but I think it the benefits outweigh that 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 sort of I don't really fancy cycling or running today so well well done keep it up and if I may I'd like to bring all three of you back in I've got two closing questions which I'll tell you what they are now so you've got time to to think about them before I, I go around the three of you for a response so The first one is, uh, what single piece of advice would you give a business owner dealing with the challenges we face today? And then the second one, 
in the light of the pandemic, would you start another business and what might that business do? So um, perhaps taking them in the order we, we started with, uh, Leo, would you like to start with uh, and perhaps what single piece of advice would you give business owners dealing with the challenges we face today? So I have a lot of um, people coming to me with ideas for technology solutions that are trying to solve the challenges of now. Um, and I think that what people, and this is the advice that I would give, is that the what we're currently experiencing hopefully is abnormal and is coming to an end. Um, so whilst lots of people will say, you know, there's opportunities in, in big changes like the pandemic, and there are, those opportunities were nine, 12 months ago. Um, so don't try and solve the problems of the pandemic. Try and solve the problems coming out of the pandemic. Um, what they are, I don't know. Um, uh, I guess I'll sort of tell you as my next business idea. I'll now go to Noel to ask him the, the same question. Noel, what single piece of advice would you give business owners dealing with the challenges you know we face? Uh, believe in yourself. Um, I think sometimes we question especially when things are, are, are going wrong or, or are tough or we're being challenged a lot. Um, but I think just believe, believe in yourself and, um, and, ju- and just keep going. I think, you know, if, a, a belief is a massive thing. And um, Amy spoke about mindset and, you know, it's so true. And having that mindset of, you know, you've just got to believe that what you're doing is the right thing. Um, you know, you can and be brave to change. Um, to change your ideas or change your the way you're going but ultimately just believe in yourself and and, and make it happen I think I mean I agree with you the, the belief but also that sense of purpose I mean you've talked there and I think I think uh, Leo made reference to you know the, 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 the mental health and well-being and a lot of that is about communication in businesses you know I imagine you've worked very closely with your your, your staff you know you've had confidence and belief in what you're doing that gives them confidence and belief and actually sometimes even when the journey may be seem a bit rough and bumpy you you get through it because you're working together and there's a shared vision and drive to do it so I I fully agree with that Amy what single piece of advice would you give business owners dealing with the challenges faced today I would say stay true to your values culture and follow your gut I think if you make make sure that your decisions align with your business and yourself, that you will be able to look back proudly. I think similarly to what Leo said, some people are just jumping on ideas and trying to make a change, but you want to be able to look back in the future and think that was the right decision. And I know a lot of businesses, um, I won't I won't name any, but you know, there are a lot of businesses out there that have really shown their true colours in a negative way. So I think really making those decisions, speak to your team, don't make them on your own and make sure that they're actually the correct uh, decisions with your culture. And I agree. I mean, I think I wrote an article uh, early in the, perhaps a lockdown uh, one when I perhaps naively thought we were going to come out of it. You know, how you behaved in lockdown will impact on uh, your business after lockdown and going forward. And, and I think I agree with all three of you that actually there's a lot to be said of looking at lasting trends you know not necessarily just this is the here and now but the actually the overall trend that the the pandemic has had on 
the you know, businesses, the way we do businesses, what customers and staff and everybody else wants out of that business. Amy, if, if I may then start with the last question, uh, working the other way around, in, in light of the pandemic, would you start another business and what might that business be? And I think you've already in, indicated you've started a number of initiatives, um, you know, sort of uh, running uh, sites and et cetera. Would you, would you do a, another business? Absolutely, James. It's not in my plan to just have one business. I have several business plans ready to rock and roll. It's just uh, picking the right timing. So I think absolutely watch this space because I'm already working on something imminently and it will be attached to marketing. But I've also developed other businesses that I'm kind of waiting to launch and that are separate from marketing. So I think just, again, go with your gut. I'm going with my gut. I feel like this is the right uh, business idea. I won't give away too much because no one knows about this. But I think just just keep looking at what I'm doing and you'll see a new business idea launching. I, I look forward to learning more about that one. Uh, Noel, if, if I may turn to you, and, and I'd actually probably the answer is obviously yes, I think with you, you would start more businesses or another business. I suppose the question I've got probably links to that is actually, does that create a set of challenges as a serial entrepreneur? How do you manage all these business ventures? You know, how, do you see a change in your role going forward? Probably early days for a sort of group entity, but uh, or, or management structure. But how do you see that? Yeah, I uh, I certainly will, but perhaps not at the moment. Just trying to get things, everything working hundred um, percent is 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 the priority at the moment. But for for sure, you know, we've we've repositioned the business to. Do exactly that. Look at other areas. Look out for opportunities. Try and you know, get people to come to us with opportunities that we can add value to and uh, and get off the ground. So yeah, hundred percent. I'm, I'm I'm excited about you know, my role for the future being you know, making these things happen. I think that's where I found my passion and perhaps realised during lockdown that actually my uh, you know my my what I was interested in was getting these things off the ground and starting things and and doing the marketing and get, do it, getting routes to market sorted and all that sort of stuff, as opposed to just the, the day-to-day running of a business, which is perhaps not, um, you know, not the most exciting thing for me. That's interesting, isn't it? How adversity can uh, re-energise us or give us new challenges. Sometimes when, when business is ticking over, that's not the best situation to be in. So I can, I, I can share your sentiments with that. And, and Leo, finally, um, I, I know you, you've got a lot of ideas there. Would you start another business and, and dare I ask it, you're probably not limited to say what that business might do. You might give us some inclination. Well, actually, slightly controversially, maybe against other people's opinions, is is I know I would not, um, at least not in the next few years. I think whilst I have a million and one ideas that, that come to me um, very frequently, I, I think that for the business that I'm in and and the fact that we're, you know, heavily venture funded and have responsibilities to our shareholders, um, that my core focus for at least the next few years will always be on tended and scaling um the company um to being, you know, the 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 large life-changing company that we want it to be. Um so yeah, that's kind of uh, I guess slightly controversial, but I think that in terms of being an entrepreneur and and, and starting a new business in the future, I, de- I definitely don't think it's something that's out of question. But I think what you've demonstrated is the realism of understanding your own situation. So thank you. If I may, can I thank 
all three of you for sharing your experiences, energy and enterprise. I'm sure you'll have inspired and energised many business owners as we all embrace the opportunities and challenges that present themselves in the months ahead. May I also wish you all continued business success. I will, as I'm sure many listeners uh, to this podcast, will be avidly following you in your business as it goes from strength to strength. If you have any questions or would like any further information, having listened to this podcast, please do email info at streetsweb.co.uk or visit streetsweb.co.uk. Thank you also to you for listening. We look forward to catching up with you again in future sessions.